you are now listening to My Faithway Podcast. You can now find us on every major platform. And don't forget to visit our Facebook page with live services every Sunday at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you want to become a partner or simply make a one-time donation, please text the word FAITHWAY to 77977. Click send and you will receive a link for further instruction. Feel free to comment on our Facebook live stream services or visit our page at myfaithway.org. Now let's experience life in a new way, the Faithway. We've been announcing this. We have our fundraiser going on today at 1 p.m. right after service here in the youth building. And this is a fundraiser so that we can send our team of ladies to Cuba in a couple of months. And our pastors are there right now and some of our church members and even Pastor Dan is there in Cuba. So um, they are out there ministering. They're safe and they're just blessed. Every word that they speak, every place that they speak in will prosper and be blessed. Uh, so just keep them in your prayers throughout the week um, and pray that they, become, they come home safely. So um, after service, we will have the bingo we do have tickets that are available still. It's $20 for four tickets. So if you want to attend, please just show up. If you haven't purchased your tickets, we have, we have tickets still so you can show up. And if you'd like to plant a seed, you can even bring a gift with you at the same time for all of the prizes. We will have uh, child care available for the ages of four to seven. So uh, if you want to bring your children with you, you can also send them with our youth team, and they will be taking care of them for us. So... Um, let's go ahead and get into the service today. I couldn't get my iPad to work for me, so I've got this whole Mac up here, but it works, right? So, active faith. So today, we live in a world where fakeness is just all around us, and everything that we approach, everything that we purchase, everything that we consume, there is always a fake version of the real, authentic model. And it ranges from everything we use. Sometimes, some of these fake things are intricately made and and made so carefully that sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between which is the fake product and which is the actual product. Jewelry, for example. Oh, kids, you guys are dismissed, guys. If I ever forget you, you guys just get up and go. You guys know what to do. You know the routine. You guys are blessed. Youth, you guys are also collecting, so you guys can go ahead and go. Let's give them an applause as they go. Don't they all look pretty? So in this world where we are living in and we're faced with fakeness, our jewelry, for example, real gold, fake gold, silver, real silver, fake silver, sometimes you can't tell the difference between what is real and what is fake until your fingers start turning green or your ears start turning colors. Rolexes, some of these have uh, been designed so intricately that you really can't tell the difference between the real and the fake, and sometimes it takes a very keen eye or a professional to tell you what the difference is. You know, and mainly the main difference between those is the, the amount of money that you pay. I mean, why spend thousands whenever you could just save 100 and have a bigger pocket to bless people, right? Um, food, the food that we eat. I don't remember which restaurant this was, a fast food restaurant, but they were advertising an all-veggie burger. And the patty looks like it's actual meat, but there's no meat found in it. It's actually processed vegetables or maybe food, uh, vegetable extracts. I'm not sure. But it's not a real uh, patty. We also have sugar, the fake sugar and the real sugar. And you can't tell the difference until you taste it. And you can taste it. Trust me, I know I've already started keto about 30 times this last two weeks. And that's what makes me relapse. I need that real sugar. So we also have our bodies. I mean, some of our, our bodies, we get fake things, fake eyelashes, you know, fake nails, fake hair, um, fake eyebrows. We get fake calf implants. Um, grass, we've got artificial grass, turf. It looks like the real thing, but it's not. Um, you know, and there's one example that I want to give you guys about fake here in, in the world that we live in, and it was best said by Pastor Rick Warren, and he says, the world that we live in today, we talk to our fake friends, and we talk about fake news on our social media with our fake identities. We talk to our fake friends about fake news with our fake identities. Does that sound like the world that we live in? Yes, it does. And there's nothing wrong. There is completely nothing wrong with using the fake versions or the, the duplicate versions or the replicas. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I'm up here. I'm a consumer. I've got the fake eyelashes on. Uh, sometimes I put in my hair extensions and put on the fake hair. 
There's nothing wrong with it. Fake jewelry, I love the fake jewelry. I fish love the fake jewelry um, because I feel like it's prettier. And it's, it's, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong at all with using the fake or the replicas. But there is one area, one area in our life where we absolutely cannot choose the fake version. One area where if you use a fake version, you will not get the mountain moving miracles. You will not have the power moving testimonies. And that area is our faith. We cannot have a fake faith. So this leads me to my title, Active Faith. And the subtitle is, uh, next slide, Fake Faith versus Real Faith. So let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Father, for bringing us here to receive the word today. And I just ask that your holy presence just guide me and direct me. Fill me, Father, and remove any hindrances that I might have. Help me to breathe so that I can speak and remove any nerves that I may have. And Father, today, I just pray that every single person here in our church building and online who, are, who is under the sound of my voice, that you open up the ears of our hearts so that we can receive your word and that it takes deep root in our hearts so that we, we can become more active in our faith, more closer to you, and on fire and contagious. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I hope you guys brought your Bibles. Um, I'm not going to give you a get Christian quick scheme. You're not going to get a 10-point bullet list, and if you check, 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 boom, you're going to be a Christian active faith on fire as soon as you get out of here. No. All of this does take active faith and commitment. But what I am going to give you is a foundational chapter, and we're going to go over James 2, so if you want to start turning to there. And um, what we're going to do is go through the chapter, every scripture that I give you, after every scripture, we're going to talk about the scripture, and then you're going to give yourself a self-assessment. A self-assessment. And there's no raising hands, you're just going to ask yourself, okay, is this me? Is this not me? Do I practice this? Do I not practice this? Am I falling under fake faith or real faith? Okay? And then you guys are probably wondering, okay, is that even a real thing, or did she just make it up? Well, it's actually real, and it did come out of Jesus' mouth himself. So, Do you guys remember whenever Jesus was talking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees and he called them hypocrites? Yes? Okay. Well, Jesus wasn't just walking around in a bad mood, just bashing a name, calling people. Okay, there was context behind it. Um, Where Jesus grew up in Nazareth, three miles from where he grew up, his grandparents lived in a town and there was a local theater. And in this local theater, every day, uh, there was plays that were given. And the actors and actresses who would take the stage, they were not given the titles actors or actresses. Can you guess what their title was? <laughs> hypocrites. Hypocrites. And the word, the Greek word for hypocrite means one who puts on a mask. One who is a master pretender. So every time that these actors and actresses would get on stage, they would grab their mask, put on their mask, and cover the, conceal their identity. And they would portray and take form of the character that they were playing. So whenever Jesus was upset with the Sadducees and the Pharisees, he calls them hypocrites. Hypocrites because he says that they're putting on a mask, concealing their identities, and they're acting as godly men when in fact they were not godly men. They knew all the script. They knew all the lingo to talk, all the words to say. They were able to talk the talk, but they weren't able to walk the walk. They didn't have the actions, the active faith to back it up. So he called them hypocrites, one who puts on a mask, one who is a master pretender. So let's go ahead and start on our foundational chapter, James 2.14, Faith and Good Works. And James writes, my brothers and sisters, you can go to the next, uh, next, there we go. My brothers and sisters, if a person claims to have faith but does nothing, well, then that faith is worth nothing. Faith like that can't save anyone. Faith like that can't save anyone. So we're going to stop right there. First scripture, first time to self-assess. So how do you know if you have real faith? How do I know if I have real faith? Well, the easiest way to assess this is to ask yourself or evaluate your life and to see if your faith life is active or passive. Next slide, please. Active or passive. So... We have active as real faith, and then we have passive as fake faith. We have the two. Active faith is real faith. Passive is fake faith. So let's go to the definition. Online uh, Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Let's next slide, please. Active 
is engaging, ready to engage physically, energetic pursuits, pursuits. You're going after something. You're actively doing something. Are you walking? Are you running? The INGs, what are you doing? Uh, Another definition is, next slide, pursuing an occupation. You're pursuing. You're going after something. Pursuing an occupation or an activity or a particular place in a particular, particular way. You're actively pursuing something. Some of the synonyms, next slide, words that mean the same are diligent. You know, you keep on, you keep on, you keep on. You're diligent. Um, energetic, tireless, hardworking. All of these are synonyms of what active and real faith is. Now let's go to what a fake faith is. Let's go to passive, the opposite. So obviously everything opposite of active is passive. And one of the online dictionary definitions is uh, it's not working. It's inoperative. You have no chemical effect, no biological effect, no effect, no effect. And some of the words that mean the same, some of the synonyms, you're lazy, idle, you're slothful, you're lifeless, you're inert, you're lethargic. All of these are definitions and descriptors of of a passive faith, a fake faith. So if you're saying, well, after you just went through all of this, well, I'm thinking and I'm checking off the list and I think I've identified where I am. I think I am actively passive. No. Mm -mm. You cannot be actively passive. You can't. Well, I'm actively, I'm really trying just to sit down and do nothing. No, 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 no. We can't do that. That is not part of a real faith. That is not part of a real faith. So if you're doing that, well, then you're operate, operating outside of faith. You're not operating in the, within the parameters of what a real faith is. So what are you doing? Self-assessment. What are you doing? Are you doing the INGs? Are you verbing? Are you walking? Are you serving? Are you giving? Are you sharing? What are you doing? So, or are you just staying passive? Idle, inactive, sitting on the chairs, warming them up, waiting for someone else to raise their hand and do it. Where are you at? Um, Just an example, like when we have an announcement that we have a need to fill in the church, where is your faith? Self-assessment. Where is your faith? I know a couple of months ago um, when COVID hit, you know, it didn't hit just families and people and regular jobs, but it also hit companies. And a couple of months ago, I was in the hospital, and I didn't get the, uh, the letter and the notice, well, because I obviously wasn't here, but our electricity provider, they sold out, they went bankrupt, and they sold us off to the highest bidder, I guess you could say, and our light payments, they increased triple the amount of what we would pay, triple, and we're a small church, we're a small church in a small town, we don't have thousands of dollars just laying around just so we can spend and throw and, you know, just give to whoever, we're a small church. We're a small, blessed church. I mean, our church is alive, thriving, and functioning because of you guys, because of your giving. We don't have a mom church or a papa church where they come and give us funds. We thrive based off of you guys. So that's why we are blessed by you guys every single day. But whenever we made that announcement, when we said, okay, we need to cover this gap, we need to put in a little bit more for our electricity, did you step up or did you wait for somebody else to raise their hand and give? This, these two are different examples of active faith and fake faith. When we announce that we need volunteers in the kids' church so that the only two volunteers that we have can have the chance to come and sit down and receive the living, breathing word of God, are you raising your hand to join the team? You know, are you the one who's passive and sitting there and you're like, oh, there, there's one hand, two, three, one, two, three, four. I'm like, nah, they don't need me. Yeah, I'm just going to sit down. I'm good. Or are you the one that's like, Okay, God, I hear you. I hear you. You can stop now. I hear you. I'm going to do it. Even though I don't have kids, I don't want kids, um, but I'll step up. I'll do it. I'll do it so that they can sit down. Which one are you, active or passive? So I'm going to give you some pointers, some INGs to follow. If we can get the next slide. So these active pointers, there's three things. If you have an active faith, a real faith, Everything that you do to portray your faith will fall under these three INGs. The first is sharing. The second, giving. And the third, serving. 
and I just had a little bit of problems whenever we were transferring everything, and it was supposed to be on the same slide, but just track with me. So sharing. What do you do to share? What are you doing to um, have an active faith, to display a real faith? What are you doing? Every Sunday that you receive the word, the teaching, do you go and share it with family members who might need to hear it? Do you go and share it with your coworkers, give them the life that they need to hear? Um, are you sharing it with just people who might be in desperate need? You know, or are you hoarding it, keeping it just to yourself? This is for me and nobody else. What are you doing? I walked into Dollar Tree, um, and I was paying, and I wasn't eavesdropping, but I was paying. I had all my stuff already on the belt, and I overheard a conversation. There was an older gentleman behind me, and he was talking to a customer behind him, and he was going on and on about his dilemmas that he was having with his health, and he uh, was on so many different medications. He needed surgery, and he was just in so much pain. He didn't even know how he was walking in the store, but it was either him or his wife who was in the car, but she's in the same boat, if not worse. You know, and God will place you in these situations on purpose. You are here this morning on purpose. You're watching online on purpose. You didn't just stumble onto the live feed on accident. God intricately and purposely placed it for you in your life. So whenever he places you in these places, he does it on purpose. It's not like if I was walking in or you guys do that in Dollar Tree, like scouting people. Hmm, let me hear what they're saying. No, they're good. Let me hear what they're saying. Oh, no, they're good. No, I heard it because God placed me right there. You know, and right there is where you make your determining factor. Okay, which, which faith am I going to display? Am I going to have an active and a real faith or am I going to have an idle, passive, fake faith? So I was like, okay. I turned around and I stuck out my hand to introduce myself. And first I said, hi, I'm Catherine. And first I want to thank you, sir, for your service because I noticed he had a veteran's hat. And I said, I want to thank you for your service because I know for men like you, we wouldn't have uh, the, the freedoms that we have today. So thank you. And I said, but I just want to pray for you. Is that okay? I said, I'm not, oh, I'm not eavesdropping. I said, but I just hear your conversation. And that's not what God wants for you. And you know what he did? He was like, yeah. He was like, I would love for you to pray for me. So he just threw all his stuff on the belt, and I stuck my hands out, and he took off his cap, and he got ready to pray. The lady behind him closed her eyes, and I said, okay, here we go. I was like, Heavenly Father, bless this man. Bless him and bless his heart and give and make that connection, that mental connection with his heart and his wisdom to know that this is not what you have called on his life. He is healed in the name of Jesus. And, you know, there's no way to go back. I don't know who he is. I was out of town. I don't know where he was from. I don't know his name. You know, but that's not the point. The point is that I was obedient to what God was stirring up inside of me, and he told me pray, so I prayed. And you know what the point of all that was? That a seed was planted. That seed was planted in his heart. That seed was planted in the lady's heart behind him. And that seed was planted in the cashier's heart. Three people. I did what God wanted me to do. I was obedient. I planted the seed. The rest is up to him. He does the watering. He does the growing. God does that. And that is part of an active faith. That is sharing the word. What are you doing when you're giving? This is another ING. When we're giving, giving testimonies. You know, the invitation has been open up here for everyone to come up and give your testimony. Mary Jo down the street who's watching you every single day, watches you get in your car, watches you get out of your car, watches you interact with your family. If she's on our online feed and she hears me giving my testimony, my testimony probably won't impact her twice as much as if it would if it was her who was up here giving her testimony. Everyone has their platforms. Everyone can speak to people in different ways. How are you giving of that? Are you giving in your tithe? Are you giving in your offerings to our speakers who come, to the church, to things, uh, improvements that we need on the church? You know, keep the church running. Where are you giving of your, of your money? How about your time? Where are you making time to give time just to you and the Lord? Where are you dedicating that time with just you and the Lord? Because you need to have that personal time. If you don't have that personal time with him, how do you expect for his word just to flow out of you? How do you expect that? And if you're a normal person like me, a working parent, almost every single hour of your day is already accounted for. It's just up to you to find where you're going to find that time to give. You know, my schedule, 5.30 in the morning, my alarm rings. Okay, I've got 20 minutes. 20 minutes, 
And then I get dressed, I get ready, I go outside, I go work out, alarm rings again, 6.30, that means come back inside, go wake up all the kids. Get up, get up, get up, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, let's get ready, let's get ready for school. I go shower, I start getting ready, alarm rings again, 7 o'clock, time to do the girl's hair. Nayeli and Adriana, come into my bathroom, let me comb your hair. So it's brush, 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 ponytail, go get your backpack, get your jacket, get your water bottle. Next, yene, brush, 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 get your jacket, bottle, bottle of water, jacket, everything, go sit down. Next, repeat it again. Somebody take them to the bus stop, come back for me. We take off to work. Your next hour, eight hours are accounted at work. As soon as work is over, time to do it again. Pick up the kids. Do homework, 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 homework for every single kid that you have. Take them to practice, whatever they're involved in. You have to drive them to practice, take them to practice, or you have a second job. Go to your second job. We have prayer service. Come to prayer service, or if you have practice, come to practice. Whatever it is, your commitments are. Then you go home, cook dinner. Cook, cook, cook. Clean, 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 because you can't leave that mess. Get everybody in the shower again. Get everybody in bed. Good night kisses. Bam. Day's over. Do it again in the morning. Where did you spend time? Where did you give your time? Where? Where did you dedicate that time? You know, and for me, as soon as my alarm rings, that's my time. First thing, as soon as I wake up, thank you, God, for giving me this life. Thank you for renewing my mercies. Thank you. And there's sometimes that I'm livid enough that I wake up and I'm like, I got this, God. I'm going to read myself and I've got this. And I keep reading. Sometimes I won't even go work out because I'm reading so much. But there's times where I'm just walking around like a zombie and I'm just like, hey, Siri, just play. Read it to me. You know, and I'm walking around, but you're hearing it. You got podcasts. It press play. And you've got the Bible app. You've got Bible plans where it'll tell you what to read, how to dissect it, what it means, how to make the connections. Where are you giving of the time? Serving. This is the third ING. Where are you serving? Are you being the hands and feet? Are you here uh, in the cleaning team? You know, our cleaning team does a marvelous job. They, they keep this church functioning. You don't see them. They're the heroes of this because the church is ready to receive you. You guys feel welcome every time you come, don't you? I mean, I'm, if this place wasn't kept up, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't feel as welcome. But where are you giving? Where are you serving? Now let's go back to our foundational chapter. Next slide. We're going to read 14. So 2.14. James writes, My brothers and sisters, if a person claims to have faith but does nothing, that faith is worth nothing. Faith like that can't save anyone. So self-assess. Did you operate, does does your faith operate in any of the three INGs? Do you operate in the sharing, the giving, the serving? Have you been prompted any time this week in the sharing, giving, and serving? Do you have fruit to show? Can people identify you as a person of faith? Or can people identify, identify you as a Christian just based on your actions, based on how you speak, based on how you live your life? Or do you have to tell them, hey, over here, I'm a Christian. Hey, I'm Catherine, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. My name is Catherine, I'm a Christian. Do you have to tell them, or can they see it by your fruits that you display? Okay? Um, I, don't, I don't remember who said this, you know, but it stuck with me. And I might be jumping ahead, but I'm going to go ahead and share it right now. Um, but they said, you know, in America, we're not persecuted as Christians. We're not. I mean, we might be harassed, very little, lightly, you know, but we're not persecuted. But... If there was a widespread persecution of Christians and someone blames you and calls you and points to you, would there be enough evidence to persecute you? Would there be enough evidence that you were a Christian to persecute you? Let that sink in. I think that's just good. It just resounds in my spirit all the time. Um, And I don't want you guys just to, I know that we're talking about works and having actions, but I don't want you to misunderstand it as just for works. Because it can't just be works, and it can't just be faith. You have to find the blend, the mix between the two. Um, if we turn to Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, most of us know this scripture. But it says, for it is by grace, and I think I have it on the screen. Ephesians 2, 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. And it is not by works so that no one can boast. So what it means is we have been saved by the grace of who? Of God. 
We have been saved by the grace of God. Through what? Faith. Through faith. And it is something that he gave us. It's not something that we say, okay, uh, I'm going to draw this out of the hat and I'm going to say, I'm going to have faith today. This is not something that we can do on our own because God has given every single human a measure of faith. And he has intricately designed the whole active and faith and real faith and fake faith process. He has intricately designed it in a way that it's not just on works. Because if it was just on works, everybody would be boastful. It's human nature. I mean, everybody would be getting out there their phones and be like, hey, one million followers, here I am, giving away blankets. You know what? Let me just turn it around so you guys can get word and confirmation. Tell them how much of a blessing I am. Tell them how real my faith is. If that was a thing, then everybody would be boastful of, their, of themselves. And that's not what it is. Now let's go back to our foundational chapter. And we're going to go read uh, James two fourteen through 16. My brothers and sisters... If a person claims to have faith but does nothing, then that faith is worth nothing. Faith like that can't save anyone. Now suppose a brother or sister in Christ comes to you in need of clothes or something to eat and you say to them, oh, well, God be with you. I hope you stay warm and I hope you get plenty to eat. But you don't give them the things that they need. If you don't help them, well, then your faith, your words are just rendered worthless. Worthless. It is part of our Christian nature to give and to help people in need. But, there's a big but here. You also have to have discernment. This is where you're in connection with the Holy Spirit to have discernment because not everyone who approaches the Word of God approaches it with the the same mindset. Most or a lot of people have their own personal agendas. They want to see what they can get out of you. They want to argue. You know, so you have to have discernment. To, to see whenever someone is asking for help, do they want to take advantage of you? Okay? Do they want to take advantage of you? Do they, are they really displaying the help? So let's go on with this. Let's just make a hypothetical situation. If Jim has been a, a, a church member here at Faithway for 10 years, and he, he sits right here. Jim lost his job during covid and uh, he's been living off of his savings. He can't secure a job. And he's got uh, little Jimmy, Johnny, Joseph, and Jeffrey. And they're amazing little league stars. And he's stressing out. And all of a sudden, he, he comes up to you on Sunday. And he says, and he just pours out his heart. I'm just stressed out. I feel really bad because I don't have enough funds so that I can enter Jimmy, Johnny, Joseph, and Jeffrey into little league this year. I can't even afford the Little League registration. I can't buy them their gloves, their cleats. I can't do any of that. Now, right here in our scripture where it says, God be with you. I hope you stay warm and get plenty to eat. If you tell him some cute little Christian lingo like, oh, well, I hope you get your breakthrough today. Oh, I hope you get your your job. Or uh, God will never give you more than what you can handle. Or better yet, if he goes and he posts this on Facebook and then you're back there and you're like, you know what, prayers, your way. I mean, what does that do? What does that do? How is that physically? How is any of that physically meeting his needs? How is that doing it? He doesn't want to hear, oh, God will never give you more than you can handle or you're going to get your breakthrough. He needs that physical need to be fulfilled to show your active faith. You know, What our job as Christians would be, okay, you know what, husband, let's have a talk. Husband, I think we should help Jim out. I think we should just give him all of our budget this month for whatever we had to spend to go out to eat. Let's give it to him. And husband says, no, you know what, let's give him for two months. Okay, let's do that. Well, if you're like, well, I don't want to give cash. Well, don't. Just say, hey, Jim, you know what, we we just want to bless you. We want to have an active faith. We want to bless you. So can we pick up Jimmy, Johnny, Jeffrey, and Joseph? And we're going to take them to Laredo. We're going to buy them cleats. We're going to buy them their helmets. We're going to buy them their pants. And then afterwards, we're going to go to uh, Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, how are you displaying your faith? Do you think if you would approach him like that, do you think that would be a contagious, you know, fire to be set in him and to everybody else, his kids, everyone else who is watching? That is an active faith. That is a real faith. Now, the opposite of fake faith would be, you know, the person who's standing there and is like, oh, okay, well... I hope you get your breakthrough, and then you're like, shut up, Holy Spirit, I need that money. I want to go to Chili's, okay? Do you see the two different 
approaches. Where are you going to choose? You know, real faith, active faith. Um, and you know, once I said, and I don't want you guys to raise your hands on this, but I said this once, and I don't know if you guys have ever said that, but I said, you know, it's easier to have active faith, to believe for somebody else, for their healing, than it is for yourself. I was wrong. Completely, completely wrong. It's not. It's the same thing. The word of God is alive in you, and that's what comes out. If you can come out and speak it over someone, you have that confidence to trust it and believe it over someone, what is stopping you from believing it on yourself? There is nothing stopping you. And I didn't realize this until, you know, I got sick in the hospital. And most of you guys know my testimony with my my kidney. But just to make it short, you know, I was in a life or death situation in the ICU. And thank God for all my brothers and sisters here at church. You know, because somewhere between my consciousness and unconsciousness, I was able to text, I'm in the ICU, don't know what's going on, pray for me. And I trust every single person in here to know that they are praying for me. You know, and they got on and they started praying, but why couldn't I pray for myself? You know, so two days into it, I was sick of it. What seemed like an eternity, I was sick of it. It ended up that I had, uh, I was born with two kidney defects on my kidneys, and it was never caught, nothing, there was never any problems until my whole health was already infected. My whole health was already uh, uh, attacked by it. And um, I was in the, the ICU, my blood was poisoned. My organs were going all out of, out of whack. You know, I was having, um, a conv- uh, like, very convulsive, like, shakes. I couldn't control my shakes. Um, I felt like I was getting hernias. Hernias were popping out from how hard that I was shaking. My fevers were at 106, 107. Um, and this pain, the pain that I had on my kidneys, it was just I would never wish this on anyone. And um, my nurse comes in on the second day, and he's like, well, if, you're, if your temperature goes up just one more degree... You know, we're putting you back on that ice blanket. And that's torture. That was just torture. So I was like, no, no. And I I wonder how serious he took me whenever I was shaking. I'm like, I'm getting out of this bed. You know, I'm shaking. And I told him, like, you have no choice. Like, I'm getting out of this bed. I'm going to go to that chair. And I'm going to pray. That's that act of faith. I'm going to use my faith. And I got out. He helped me out. He got me to the chair. I sat down and I prayed. Before you know it, I was healed within the hour. Within the hour, healed. God gets all the glory for this. He gets all the glory for this. Within the hour, I was healed. After the nurse came in and he taps me on my shoulder and I'm, you know, in prayer and I, get, I, I, I snap out and he's like, it's time for your medication, but I'm sweating profusely. My fever's gone. My pain is gone. My shakes are gone. I was able to stand up and walk and get into the bed. And um, my doctor comes in, takes out blood, comes back in later on with the results, and he's like, I'm at a loss. I'm stoked. I'm at a loss. There's no sign of infection ever being present in your body. No sign. There's no sign that your blood was poisoned. There's no sign that you were having heart attacks. There's no sign of any of that. No sign. He's like, the only thing I can do is kick you out of the ICU. Kick me out. Send me home, I told him. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. So this is active faith displayed. You don't, the same faith that you share with others is the same faith that you put on your life because God loves you just as much. Faith is a force that is always moving. It's always moving. It will never stay idle and it will never stay inactive. It's always, always working. Real faith is always working towards something. It's always trying to produce. It's a commitment. Now, if you're thinking... Well, I I just don't think I have enough faith. I don't think I have the same faith as her. Or I don't have the same faith as him. Well, you're wrong, because God has given every single person a measure of faith. So let's go back to James 2.18. We're moving on in our scripture, in our foundational chapter. James 2.18 says, but someone might argue. Well, some people have faith, and others have good works. But James answers, and he says, nuh-uh. My answer would be that you can show me your faith. You can't show me your faith if you don't do anything. If you're not even trying, if you're not even crossing over that line, you can't show something that you don't have because you haven't tried it. Have you tried it? Self-assessment. Have you tried it? And then he goes on to say, but I will show you my faith by the good that I do. 
Now, if you say that you have faith, you call yourself a Christian, and you say, well, I believe in God, you're showing no works, well, then you're living outside of faith. Okay? You have a fake faith. You can't show something that you don't try. Have you attempted to serve? Have you attempted to give? Have you attempted to share? I can't pray. I've never prayed before in public. Have you tried it? Have you tried it? You give God the permission and he'll intercede on your behalf. You give him the permission and he'll let it flow from you. Have you tried it? Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've been told this a lot also. Um, You say you have faith. You call yourself a Christian. You say you believe in God, but you're showing no works. Scripture says some people have faith. others have good works. My answer would be you can't show me your faith. You don't do anything, but I will show you my faith by the good that I do. So remember, it's not just works. Now, the next scripture, the next line right after that is James 2.19. So you believe there is one God. You believe there is one God. Go back one. There you go. That's good. Okay? Have you guys have ever come, come across someone that says, oh, well, I believe in God. I just don't need a church. I believe in God. I don't need a pastor. I can read my Bible on my own. Just because I don't go to church doesn't mean I don't believe in God. Well, I believe in God. Well, James 2.19 says, You believe there is God? Well, that's good. whoop de doo let's throw a party, but so do the demons. The demons also believe there is God. But they shake, they tremble, and they fear, and they run. They believe in God, but they have actions. They run, they fear, they shake, they tremble. But you're like, oh, I believe in God. I just don't have time for church. I believe in God, but I got a job. I believe in God. I just don't go to church, but I believe in God. So do the demons. Where is your faith? Is your faith at the same level? Or is it lower? Because, I mean, some of these, some of these statements are very apathetic. And you're like, oh, I don't care. It's meh. Meh. But the demons, they run. They shake. They tremble. They believe in God also. And then just a reality check. Also, read your Bible. Not every single person who says they believe in God will go to heaven. Not every single person. Matthew 7. And I encourage you, whenever you go home, read some of these chapters. But Matthew 7, 21. If we can go to that slide, please. Not everyone who calls me Lord will enter God's kingdom. The only people who will enter are those who do what my Father in heaven wants. Not everyone who calls him Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. On that last day, 22, many will call me Lord and say, Well, Lord, well, we, we prayed in Jesus' name. We said in Jesus' name, Lord. We even tried to cast out devils. And then God will tell those people clearly, Get away from me, you people who do wrong. I never knew you. And I don't know about you, but at the end of my days, at the end of my life, I don't want to be told, Get away from me, you evil person. I don't know you. I want to be called friend of God, you know? I want to hear, good job, you good and faithful servant. And then if we keep reading, James 2.20. You fool, you big fool, you fool. Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. Do you want me to prove this to you? Faith without works is dead dead. Faith without works is dead. It's, it's, you know, it's sluggish. It's idle. It's not producing. Uh, the King James Version reads, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? And the Greek word for vain is kinos, and it means something that is empty, something that is void or wasted, emptiness or shallowness. Empty head, or shallow thinker. So let's substitute that. And it says, But wilt thou know, oh, you empty-headed man, that faith without works is dead? Or, oh, won't you know, oh, you shallow-thinking man, that faith without works is dead? Put two and two together. You need to have works with your faith. If you claim to have faith, but no works, no actions to correspond to it, then you, you're not operating in faith. Your faith is not real. Your faith is leaning more to the fake side. Now, James 
He says, do you want me to prove this to you? And then do we have uh, 221 to 24 on the slide? On that last day, okay, they will say, Lord, then I will tell these people, clearly get away from me. Okay, there are 24 on there. James 224. Well, in Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 is a cross-reference to uh, James 2.24. And it says that to have an active faith, there is always an accompanying call to action. There is always an accompanying call to action. And if you open your Bible, go to Hebrews 11 or go to the Old Testament and read some of these stories, you'll see that all of these figures in the Bible, all of these real people, all had a corresponding call to action whenever they received their faith. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. I mean, we see that one brother gave the best that he could give. He prepared the best lamb, unspotted, uh, very clean. He prepared that. His other brother, on the other hand, was kind of idle and sluggish and apathetic. And it's like, oh, I forgot that i got to give God an offering. Let me just give him this. You know, where is the act of faith in that? Where is the purpose, intentions, and the call to action to that? We see it with Enoch. You know, Enoch followed every single will of God to the T. He did everything that God wanted to do, that God just took him up with him so that he wouldn't have to go through death. He wouldn't have to suffer through death. Noah. Noah had that active call to faith. He was an active, uh, faithful person. Whenever God said, okay, the rain's coming, you know, there was no sign anywhere in sight, and what did he do? He built that ship. He built the ark, even though people would ridicule him and make fun of him, and he built it, but at the end, nobody was laughing at him anymore. He was faithful. He did what God wanted him to do. Abraham, Abraham, father of nations. I mean, he had the active faith. God told him, okay, pack up your stuff, pack up all your, your family, your servants, pack up your animals. Let's go. I'm taking you out of this country. And I'm going to take you to a country where you're going to become a father of nations. And what did he do? He followed him. He didn't ask for directions. He didn't ask for specifics. He says, okay, God, I hear you. Here I go. Active, active, real faith. You know, and Rick Renner, I don't know if many of you guys know Rick Renner, but he's a a very um, powerful pastor, and I love hearing some of his teachings. But he did the same thing, kind of like Abraham. God called him out of America, and he told him, you know what, pack up your kids and come move to Russia when it was still the Soviet Union. And he moved his whole family. He started his ministry there. It's exploded. I mean, he ministers all over the world. And I think right now he's perfectly placed on purpose in that situation so that he can be a blessing. Because he's very impactful in the, in the area where he's at, especially given on all these Ukraine, the Ukraine situation. Um, Sarah believed God, active in her faith. Had a child even way past the childbearing ages. Rahab. Rahab. She was a prostitute. Your past doesn't qualify you. I mean, if, if you're, you feel like, oh, my past, I'm disqualified, it, that has nothing to do with it. If God calls you, your faith overrides everything. She was a prostitute. There was two spies, Jewish spies, coming into Jericho, into the city. They were going to destroy it, and she hid them. She hid them. She saved their life and because she, she had faith. And she knew, and she was like, okay, I'm hiding you guys, but will you guys please remember me whenever you come to destroy the city? Please don't touch our family. Don't kill our family. And God spared them. He spared them. And not only that, with her active faith, he put her in the genealogy of Jesus. He put Rahab in the genealogy of Jesus. All of these people had a real faith. All of them had an active faith, and you knew that they were all believers because they had the accompanying calls to action. They were moving forward. They were never idle. They got the call, and they listened. They were active. Faith is a movement, and it can overcome anything that is thrown at you. It's active, and it's always producing, because God is so big. He is so big. He's creator of the universe. I mean, if if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, whenever God comes into your life, he is just too big for him to not change you. He is too big for you to have an encounter and just leave it unchanged. It's too big. I remember if there has been no change in you, no actions to accompany your faith, well then, I mean, your faith, it might be fake. You might be operating outside of faith because he's too big to not change you. I know whenever I accepted Jesus, 
as Lord of my life, you know, there was evidence. And many of you guys who knew me pre-Jesus, I mean, this right here, me being up here, I mean, this is testimony in itself. You know, I was hard-headed. I was running a 1,000 miles in the other direction. Don't tell me what to do because I'm going to do it on my own. I was mean. You know, I handled everything on my own. I was a heavy drinker. I could probably drink, out-drink any guy that there was. I mean, and I say drink every single day. I mean, I was at a point where it was like, take a shot in the morning before I go to work, take a shot before I go to school, like every single day. And it wasn't just casual drinking. It was full-blown to the max. Let's see who could do this the best. You know, that was me. And whenever I had that encounter with God, some of these things changed instantly. Instantly. Others took a while. You know, instantly, from one day to the next, God completely, completely removed that taste for the alcohol, for the, for, for the smoking, for partying. He removed all of that instantly from one day to the next. Um, and instantly, I had this hunger, this hunger. I wanted to know more. I wanted to read my Bible. I wanted to serve. Like, tell me, like, what can I do? Like, I just want to be in this perfect peace. Like, what can I do? And I got a Bible, and every single day I was reading, reading, highlighting, you know, any chance that I had. Conflicts, on the other hand, I mean, that was, that took active faith. That took a lot of active faith, you know, because it was part of my personality. Like, no, if you do that to me, wait till I get back to you. And I, mine's going to be better, you know, and that took a long time, and Whenever I was talking to my husband about this, he was like, you can go ahead and tell him. So I was like, okay. So I got saved. I went to church. I got saved on my own. You know, my husband didn't go with me. But that act of faith that I'm talking about, others see it. They see your life as a testimony, and that brings them to church. That brings them to God. And that was the story with us. You know, and I got saved, and I wanted to know more. So I was in Bible studies or the life groups. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would go to life groups. Wednesdays, it was choir practice. I joined the choir and I started serving right away. Sundays was church and every single day that I would come home from church, there was my wonderful husband that God blessed me with, sitting on the porch, smoking up a storm, drinking up a storm, and as soon as I would walk past him, he would go and blow it all at me. And And I didn't have the hunger, praise God, I didn't have the hunger and the want to do it. But I just wanted to punch him or smash that cigarette. And, you know, that was me. That's what I wanted to do. And that took a long time for me to be able to cope and learn through conflict. You know, and leaders, you guys are called to do this. Church members, you guys are called to do this. It doesn't have to be just the pastor to guide you in your walk. And whenever I was preparing my message, I started thinking. And, you know, my, my worship leader, whenever I first started serving, I think she was acting in active faith, a real faith. I mean, nobody wants to sit there and give you those hard conversations like, hey, you know, your MySpace page? Ugh. I think maybe you need to change it. You know, now's your opportunity to recommit. Say, and you just want to recommit your life and let's do it again. You know, because we have an active God. He is an active God who's always, always pursuing us. So we can always come back and be active again. So if you're ready... To cross the line, then you can pray this prayer with us. So let's go ahead and stand so we can pray. Or if you're ready to recommit, I just want everyone to repeat this prayer. You don't have to lift your hands. You know, just close your eyes, make it intimate, and just repeat this prayer with me. Say, God, I don't want to have a fake faith. I want to have a real faith. A real, real faith. I want you to become Lord of my life. I want to live the life that you called me to live. I give you permission. Change me so I can follow you actively. I believe you died on the cross for me. You are my Savior. So just soak in his presence, God. We just thank you so much to soak in his presence. We thank you that you're an active God. We thank you that you never relent, that you're always coming out for us. We could look back on our lives and say, okay, that was you who sent that person to say that to me. And that was you. And that was you also there. And God, thank you for always constantly pursuing me. You know, and today, 
Let's be changed. Today, let's receive it. No hindrances. Give him complete permission. Give him complete authority. God, you are welcomed in our hearts. Change us completely. We worship you this morning. And in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Let's give him a round of applause. Heavenly Father, we worship you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's go ahead and uh, sit down. And our next portion is, of course, our last act of worship is our giving. Our giving. So if you'd like to give electronically, you can get your tithe ready or your offering ready, wherever you want to direct it. And you can text the word FAITHWAY to 77977. And then just follow the links, the drop-down menu, wherever it is that you want to direct your, your tithe and your offering. And if you're giving here in church, we have some uh, envelopes on the seats. You can go ahead and do the same on there. Check off where you want to direct your, your tithe. And while you're getting that ready, I just want to, you know, stress again the importance of the fundraiser that we're having. You know, if you're, if you're not coming, you know, just to help out, just come for fun. Come for fun. It's good family time. Come for fun. I mean, we've got great prizes to hand out. We have TVs. We have Visa cards. I mean, you can't go wrong with Visa cards. Everybody needs that just-in-case Visa card. Um, we've got barbecue, barbecue pits, fire pits, got local business uh, donations. Um, and if you didn't get to get a card, they're $20 and you get four cards. There's going to be specials that you can purchase also for special prizes. There's concessions. So this is going on right now at 1 o'clock. So if you're split for time, you can't run to go and get something or the restaurant's taking too long, forget the restaurants. Come over here. We've got food. We've got concessions, okay? So there's something there for everyone. And then, of course, um, we did say that youth group will also be volunteering and they will be able to have child care available for our four to uh, seven-year-olds or four to six-year-olds, somewhere along that line. So uh, I think we should have our offerings ready. So let's just go ahead and stand, pray for the offering so we could be dismissed. Thank you, thank you, Heavenly Father, for the blessing that you've bestowed upon us that we are able to give financially, that we have the ability to be a blessing financially. And Father, we just ask that you multiply the seed in our hearts, in our homes, and all the places that it goes to bless. We believe that your word will touch nations. We believe that this money will touch nations, Father, and it will change lives, change souls, and add to the kingdom of God. Father, and we just call every single person blessed online and here in the building, and as they leave, that they prosper throughout this week. And in Jesus' name, amen.